0: Hello, you are listening to the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 157. This is the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. I'm Mike.
1: I'm Al, and I'm Anton. And it's uh, kind of fun to be back. You know, it still seems surreal every week that we're at a certain number of episodes, but here we are.
0: I know it's We're still going. It's floating uh, along it's every week. <laughs> amazing that people actually download us and listen to us. But here we are, and thank you very much. If you do, we really do appreciate it. And uh, it's been another good week. We've had lots of uh, listeners and quite a few new ones, and I believe a new
2: Patreon as well. Al, we do. We need to give a nice big Patreon shout out to Alexander Nash. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. welcome to the Patreon. We we greatly appreciate it. I I email to be fair. When anybody signs up to the Patreon, they get this this automatically generated email that I wrote ages and ages and ages ago. It says, "Hey, thanks for signing you up. You're awesome. Here's our friend codes, and here's how you join the Discord, and all the you know." admin stuff but yeah. everybody that, that joins i always send them a personal message as soon as that message pings up on my phone saying you've got a new patreon and i get the email it's like yes and i feel compelled to write a personalized message to everybody so yeah alexander has already had a personalized message from well me uh as has every other person that's ever signed up to a discord since we started so you know you too could get a personalized message from me yeah, <laughs> if you I... sign up to become patreon support the show and uh, a whole lot more as well because uh,
0: there's uh, up to nine extra podcasts that you can get every every uh, month as well. Plus, you get all the back catalogue as well. That's uh, all there to be listened to. There's the Discord. There's also the Mug Club if you're on our N64 tier and a bunch of other stuff. So, if you want to check it out? You can head to nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us. Uh, I believe there's something else we were going to talk about before we got started as well. Am
2: I right, Al? there is yes because we, as always we are a content generating machine i mean to say we are i mean technically anton is and his sort of various uh, cohorts uh, in the world of doing reviews so louise has done another review for us this week of orbit industries which appeared online
1: i'm going to say this week anton correct me if i'm wrong i believe so and yeah it's quite a fun review because i won't lie when i saw the trailer for the title i couldn't quite make heads or tails of it so do give that a wee gander and i just want to say thank you to everybody who's checked it out so far we've hit i believe 30 000 views this week which is quite nice uh, on the channel overall and uh, yeah saw uh, Switch Weekly um, they they run a great newsletter um, so thank you Chris for sending us a wee sub and yeah it's a lovely little space it's growing as uh, the days go on.
0: Yeah it's great and um, uh, we really appreciate everyone that checks out what we uh, do online as well and head to YouTube if you want to subscribe there. So before we get started Anton have you had time to play anything
1: this week? Indeed, yes. I, I have picked up the, or rather, have been playing the recently released Bug Snacks, and um, haven't been playing it on Nintendo Switch. Sadly, it looks like performance isn't quite there. However, what I have seen from the Steam update logs is. The developers are very, very active, so I'm hoping all the little wee nicks and uh, rough edges on the Switch port will be polished out, because they've been doing updates every single day on Steam, which is very impressive. But yeah, I've kind of gotten through the the base kind of tutorial-esque area of the game, and it's a very intriguing title filled with charm, so I uh, recommend it. I believe it's also out on Game Pass, so do give it a wee go in there. And um, similarly, I picked up the It's been out for ages. uh, Flip grip for playing vertical shooters on the Nintendo Switch, which sadly doesn't work with my third-party Joy-Cons, and uh, I don't have have a pair of working official Joy-Cons, so that one's uh, went back on the shelf until I can uh, um, grin and bear to buy official Joy-Cons, Al. That is a damning
2: admission, and not of you, but more of Nintendo. The fact that you, a host of a Nintendo Switch podcast, don't have a working pair of official Nintendo Joy-Cons. That is... Just, it pretty much says everything you need to know about Joy-Con gate, doesn't it?
1: (laughs) I've stopped um, considering them as a viable option. It just seems a little bit madness to me to invest £60 on something that seems very unlikely to survive the next five years yeah I've had to I buy
2: two switch. additional sets of them and it stings every single time because just some breaks some I'm Joy-Con drift which just really annoying so anyway I have been using them to play um, a bit more Mario Kart the new Mario Kart uh, courses that dropped last month or earlier this month technically April I guess um, yeah i played a bit more of that but realistically I've now having to fight my son for my Switch because he's decided he really enjoys Kirby so it's accessible for six year olds and for fourteen-ish year olds <laughs> Fourteen. Um, yeah, it's it's funny you say
0: about the Joy-Cons because I've had one set I've had a problem with way back at the start. And actually, I bought a set of yellow ones ages ago, years ago now. And all my Joy-Cons are fine. I was using them yesterday. Uh, in fact, today we played Mario Kart and there were three of us playing and we used... Because of the holding a baby, using JoyCons can often be easier than uh, than a controller. So there were two sets of JoyCons, and I had a controller, and it was fine, and it was absolutely fine. And we we did the same with Overcooked recently, and so it's a weird thing. It's um it seems to just be the kind of luck of the draw bit, I guess. And um yeah, I mean I say that now, but. Maybe I'll just fall apart in the next couple of weeks it's perfectly possible um but yeah mostly Mario Kart for me it's been a fairly quiet week switch-wise I'm still craving getting really stuck into something and one day I'll actually say I did get stuck into something but uh, I've certainly been keeping my eye on a lot of interesting stuff that's happening and we're going to delve into that now by starting with this week's news. Tell us. All right, I managed to smack the microphone just as I uh, said news and I'd had a big sort of like, poof, effect. So uh, hopefully everyone heard that nice and loudly. uh, Byte -byte Interactive have announced and released Raven's Hike for the Nintendo Switch. It's a grappling hook-based 2D platformer. It's out now for £3.59. Anton, what did you make of this one?
1: Yeah, I felt this was uh, quite a charming title and uh, quite a respectable and reasonable price. I really do, I'm just a sucker or grappling hooks in video games bionic commando Doom maternal you know it fits every genre um i believe uh, the titanfall 2 or um apex Legends have it it just makes every video game better so i'm so happy to have another game with a grappling hook at an affordable price i think it looks kind of fun simple not over ambitious but not um selling itself short either al I defy anyone to not like a grappling hook. I mean, to be fair, I think grappling hook. I think
2: Link's... Oh, is it a Link to the Past? Oh, I just think Link, basically. I think Zelda games, because other than Breath of the Wild, we're pretty sure I didn't have a grappling hook, but I might
1: well be wrong about that.
2: Was there a grappling hook in Breath of the Wild? It's been it a while since i played that game.
1: No no hook shot for that one. It, yeah, it's game exactly. game if they do introduce one, though.
2: <laughs> it just makes me think Zelda. Um, but no, it does look... It looks pretty good. Uh, I terrified of it because you basically can't touch the ground in this game you can't, you don't walk you don't run it's a platformer where you don't do any of the usual things you just have a grappling hook and you've got to try not to to your doom or get spiked or squished or all the usual tropes of uh puzzling platformy type games but it's not often we get to sort of comment on a new games coming out at a ridiculously accessible price and normally we're like oh yeah this will be 15 quid 20 quid 30 quid oh yeah, physical will be 112 quid nope this one is three dollars and 99 that's wonderful i'm yeah. so pleased and and it just it's it yeah i'm I'm just gonna stop speaking i mean this is another one that comes from one of these teeny tiny little developer development houses it might even be a solo developer not entirely sure basically come from brazil um wired dream studio uh and they've done some cool stuff in the past like red ronin which got quite well reviewed on stream on steam even so you know good stuff
0: yeah i uh, 359 if you want to pay for it in british pounds and it's um yeah I, t- I tend to agree it's good when you see new games that come out at this price it's got a sort of retro kind of feel to it, which I like. I, I like the two D aspect of it and, and the grappling side of things. You are absolutely right. I think that's a lot of fun. Looks tough, but at three fifty nine, it feels like the kind of game you can pick up and play and and see how you get on with. So that one certainly looks interesting. Game Loft Disney, uh, how about not know Disney Dreamlight Valley for the Nintendo Switch is a life sim. It's coming out in twenty twenty three. It's going to be free, but it's Game Loft. So when they say free, um, I am assuming this. Anton will mean that we'll have the free version and there will be several um, paid extras, should you wish.
1: Absolutely. GamesLoft, the subsidiary, the mobile subsidiary of Ubisoft, is a proficient expert in the wallets, but not after they get you a little bit hooked. They are very good at giving you a little sliver, a little taster of the experience. And uh, I'm sure for many people, this will do just that. It very much reminds me of... Uh, Disneyland Adventures One and Two on the Xbox Series of consoles and PC. If you're familiar with those, which I actually played I, it quite
0: recently, I and mean, I actually quite enjoyed it. <laughs> it
1: is a surprisingly, honest. surprisingly addictive title, and uh, I've known many people to lose many an hour to that title. And this looks like the much more expansive, all-encompassing companion to that existing title.
2: It's interesting. They really look like they've developed this to go on any platform you can possibly name because it's not particularly shiny. It's not sort of high end graphics. This is very much been designed to run on the sort of the last generation consoles, to run on a mobile, to run on a basic thing. So it looks like it should run perfectly well on a switch i just whenever you see free to play i always have these mixed feelings it's like this could be a really good game oh but this could be free to play which means they're going to gouge you and it's not going to be fun and oh, i don't like it yeah. <laughs> i really can't complain i kind of if you just go free demo and then pay for the game that's old school i like that that makes me comfortable but as the, as games go this does look like it is probably been quite good fun And it seems to span the entire gambit of all of disney and pixar's ips so you can pretty much name your character from either of those worlds and you'll get to interact with them and create your own little character and have an adventure through disney's world
0: yeah i, I think that's what i like about it it seems that they've thought through what would appeal and i absolutely agree with anton that the previous disney adventure games is a good sort of lead on to this and it'll be interesting to see what they do with the the content the extra content i agree i think it's going to be out on everything and i think it could could be quite successful if they allow you to go uh, you know quite far without having to pay i think that's going to be the key or do it in a way that it's it's well done a bit like mario kart tour does i guess and game loft are, are are not the worst when it comes to the kind of paid stuff you know they're they're, they're it's there but it's not always the worst so. <laughs> they're not ea <laughs> they're not ea it's yeah exactly that's um no that's the new slogan that's their slogan for 2023 gameloft not ea uh goblin <laughs> studio have announced and released as far as the eye for nintendo switch it's a roguelike civilization builder it's out now for 13 pounds 22 i guess if you're a fan of kind of board games i guess this might be appealing the roguelike element um for me it could be quite a good thing i think because it gives you longevity um it's very hard to tell from a trailer (laughs) um and i watched a bit of the gameplay and i watched someone kind of play it and um yeah i i I get why it could be
2: addictive but i think it's a game you'd have to play al i think it's a game i wanted to play i mean this looks right up my street i did wonder if you might like this yeah, I think the the roguelike, it, it's almost a bit of a red herring. I mean, the game is basically a game. It's just that depending on how many followers you, you reach sort of the central world with by the end of it, you'll get a different ending. It's not really roguelike. That's basically just the way video games were until somebody came up with the term roguelike. And it, that's fine, I'm not complaining. I just think this looks really cool. You basically, you, you set up your caravan and you build all these civilizations along the road. Tribes join you or some might leave you and you've got to save as many people as possible from your village as waters rise. It's, I, I think, I've not read anywhere in a press release that this is sort of a, I'm going to call it an eco game, but it kind of is. Hey, look, the world's flooding. You need to learn how to live in different ways and get back to Mother Earth and all that good kind of good stuff. Wrapped into kind of a civilizations game i i'm really quite smitten with this and i would quite like to give it a go I might have to see if we can find ourselves a review code for, for the developers listening Hint, hint. <laughs> that does one
1: i i, lo- <laughs> I love your uh your, your covert ways alistair and yeah i'm similar I am as... sneaky <laughs> oh, love it <laughs> but uh, similarly i'm impressed by this title it's um i remember one of the episodes of roundup we discussed a video that was discussing how non-gamers view video games and you know there's all this kind of underlying subtext that as gamers we take for granted and this one just looks like the most video game video game ever there's just like you like video games this is like you know high level top notch like there's a lot of uh you know just mechanics you know roguelike combining in with civilization builder it's going for a lot it looks mind-bending um and I really hope you explode your brain on it, Al.
2: That sounds messy. Yeah. Yeah. Don't explode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think this is an interesting one anyway and um, for me I definitely would like to play it before I commit but maybe it's just because my brain power is not always the best when it comes to you know these types of games. Uh, Pokemon Company having it is Pokemon Hisuan Snow, how do I pronounce that? (laughs) Hisuian Snow. (laughs) Uh, It's a new web anime based on Pokemon Legends RKS and I think this probably is going to be quite popular Anton.
1: Yeah, it's uh, amazing to see the might of the Pokemon IP reigning strong, and it's great to see that they've managed to find enough of an audience to support their web-based animes alongside their wrong-running main anime. It's incredible to see, and uh, you know, this will just be helping bolster the content lineup for Pokemon TV, their subscription service app. It's um yeah, it looks like a fairly solid anime. People love Legends of Arceus and unlike the kind of, main series anime and the games, you know, this one's got uh, a little bit looser of a kind of source material. It's so early on; they can really be creative with it. I hope
2: that'd be really interesting. I was wondering, because to be fair, I didn't actually look this up in any great depth, but I did wonder: it's a new web anime. If that just meant it was going to be purely on the Pokemon Channel app, which I mean, although you say it's subscription, it's it's free. I mean, you literally just download the app, and you can stream Pokemon. So much Pokemon, as I discovered with my son who became addicted to it. Um, The downside to it is actually the stream quality is pretty terrible. It pixelates and breaks up all the time. It's so bad. It's got nothing to do with our internet connection because we've got really good internet and nothing else has a problem. Just Pokemon TV. Uh, But yeah, it it is a a nice idea that they can kind of go back and start afresh and perhaps even dispense with ash in Pokemon anime. (laughs) That would be nice. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I think it will do well, as
0: pretty much anything with the Pokemon IP will do. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see, as you say, how they actually put this one out. Um, you might be onto something with that. Nintendo have tweeted, this is uh, Miyamoto, <laughs> honestly, mean words today, Miyamoto. <laughs> Miyamoto, uh, after consulting with Chris Sun, my partner at Illumination uh, on the Super Mario bros film we decided to move the global release to spring 2023 uh april 28th in japan and april 7th in north america my deepest apologies but i promise it will be well worth the wait uh yeah again not a massive surprise there's a delay this everything seems to be delayed at the moment um i'll even though the previous reason was always well we're in lockdown and all that but it's, um, I mean, to be fair, there is quite a lot of Asia that are having lockdowns, so there could be some something there. But it's obviously being filmed in America,
2: so probably not. So I don't know, um, but I'm okay with it. You? I think I'm okay with it. I, I'm generally much happier when they delay games. When they delay movies, there better be a good reason for it. I mean, presumably they've got everything scripted. They've got all the voice acting presumably recorded. You, I'm assuming this is just having issues with animation. I don't quite understand why they've had to delay it. That. that it would be nice if there was a little bit of a hint or an explanation, but at the end of the day, it's a Mario movie. It, it's a massive gamble. It will either be brilliant or it will be absolutely awful, and I'm kind of scared, because after the brilliance of the Sonic movie, and I gather the second one is quite good, I've not seen it yet, Mario has a lot to live up to, uh, and I'd rather they took their time and got it right and gave us a good movie than rushed out something and let the side down.
1: Yeah, you you bring up an interesting point there, Alistair. Where video games, delaying them always makes them video uh, better. With movies, you know, so much of making a movie is planning how you're going to do it really, really well. So when they get delayed, it means something's definitely went wrong, and it's a little har- harder to fix bad planning. So I'm a little bit nervous there. I also find it very peculiar that Nintendo's like main main man the person that's like the public spokesman for this movie their partner slash main contact is like one of the voice actors in one of the regions are they just like keeping miyamoto at like arm's reach of the project that's a very odd like i could understand like consulting the director the producer the screenwriter or just even somebody high up at universal i'm just like why are you chatting to um chris pratt about this <laughs> did he clarify that chris Sand is chris pratt i mean yeah, I are you making so. assumptions here is this is might be making assumptions i'll do a wee google to double check that
2: <laughs> i mean i just assumed that this was some high level person in the other side on the illumination side there wasn't chris pratt it would seem <laughs> who, by the way it's bizarre but you
0: know um who knows it could be uh but yeah i i th- <laughs> i know what you're saying i the only thing i'll say is um sonic i guess you know i'm glad they went back and looked at that but that was different because as you said something did go wrong with that it was awful so um hopefully in terms of what they came up with the design originally so, you know so it was good that they went back to the drawing board with that but we'll see it uh, it does seem quite a, a while away again um though but what what i do love about this is that this is um miyamoto has become a meme on twitter since then anton it doesn't quite work and you have you have a construction off over the course of the of the
1: narrative a construction off the uh. way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now indeed and just to, to create that uh, chris is the other of the two producers one being Shigeru Miyamoto and the other being a Chris. So he's not just going to Chris Pratt about the, the movie. <laughs> Chris
0: Pratt's got a lot of influence over this. That makes a this.
1: lot more sense. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, it's great to see this meme uh, just popping up. People are basically using it as a template for like hot takes. I saw a great one being like, this is Miyamoto. I still don't forget, forgive you for hating Wind Waker when it first came out. This is why we never listened to our fans again. Um <laughs> Which, <laughs> to be honest, considering how they went from the gorgeous Wind Waker to the slightly less well-aged Twilight Princess, um, I would be mad as well if I was Miyamoto in that case.
2: See, I just hear, this is Miyamoto, and in my eyes, or my head, I'm picturing two white circles, two sort of lights coming together to make a uh, a pattern With the voice of this is the voice of, I can say, Miyamoto. But if anyone is old enough, they'll know what the voice of the Mistrons means. Does that mean anything to you, Mike? It won't mean anything to Anton. Does yes. that mean anything to you? Yes. Thank you. I am old enough to remember <laughs> that. Um, I Good mean, <laughs> to be fair,
0: sometimes Anton doesn't remember things that happened in TV last year because Anton has a bizarre sort of journey with television so, and, and movies, as we have talked about many times. So, um, even I had been a bit newer than you know many years ago. But uh, <laughs> sorry, Anton, I felt like I was <laughs> burning you. I wasn't.
1: Nope, you're completely valid, and um, you know, I think when I. I hear this i'm just like it has real like somebody messages you on xbox live it's like yeah my dad works for nintendo like this is miyamoto we're going to get your account banned on the eShop or whatever yeah it has that energy to it uh
0: hulu is available for nintendo japan kind of interesting this one because we talked before many times about some streaming apps on uh the switch of course hulu now owned by disney which is kind of the interesting part of this as well and they're buying up a lot of um netflix shows there's a lot of them leaving i saw the other day there was a couple more were going to to hulu which is which is an interesting move so yeah it's again japan different audience we know that nintendo in japan is always uh has always done well Uh, i've had this discussion before i know al doesn't care if we ever get streaming apps on the switch which is fine and i get the reason why but for me i like having my phone separate so i would use them um we're not going to get this though are we anton
1: well certainly we'll get hulu yeah certainly not hulu uh i still have a dream that one day we could get our disney plus app on nintendo switch even though i wouldn't like yourself wouldn't or like alistair wouldn't use it uh i think it would be brilliant and it makes sense that they're doing this firstly in japan as japan the ps5 or at least the market share between the three big players you know, is shrinking for the other two. Um, You know, Nintendo is becoming a larger percentage of that pie chart, even though the other two consoles are doing all right. So it makes sense that, you know, putting a streaming app on the best-selling device, you know, makes sense. And I hope this becomes something that we can see international the reasons that have been preventing it can be stopped, especially seeing how long the Switch will be living for just with the units that are out in the market at the moment. I'm
2: kind of surprised that they've launched it now. I, I can see the streaming services coming to the Switch, but not yet. I'm going, to, I'm going to basically assume that when we get Switch Pro, it's going to be 5G enabled, and then I can see all the streaming services jumping on board. But I can kind of see them all going, what's the point? If it's Wi-Fi only, everyone has all these other devices with them. They're always going to have something else to watch on. We're not going to bother wasting our time supporting yet another device. But if it was... 5G enabled then I can see them all piling on board and give me some nice streamy goodness
0: yeah well you never know uh, it's a dream and it might be a reality at some point who knows Yuji uh, Naka has sued Square Enix and now we've learned more about Balan <laughs> World's troubled development I found this really fascinating this week I was um reading quite a lot but this is quite it's a lot of tea to be spilled let's put it that way uh They said, I was removed as the director of Balan Wonderworld about half a year before release, so I filed a lawsuit against Square Enix. Now that the proceedings are over and I'm no longer bound by company rules, I'd like to speak out. Myself, I'm truly sorry to the customers who bought Balan Wonderworld in an unfinished state. I'm really disappointed that product I worked on from the start turned out this way. For me, it's a real shame that you've released your unfinished work, Balan Wonderworld, to the world. I wanted to release it to the world as an action game in a proper form considering various things. I think Square Enix and Arzest are companies that do not care about games and game fans. Wow, that's... Oh,
2: that is... Now He's not holding any punches, is he? That is being brutal and blunt and I am kind of amazed anybody would professionally burn the bridges like that. That's cool from a gamer's point of view. I think it's awesome and I would like to think that means some some, some good, well-intentioned, ethical game publishers and developers might go, yeah, we'll have you, but at the same time, that's basically signaling yourself to be a risk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this was, as you say, Mike, just so much tea. Uh, it, this is just a small excerpt of a, a long list of tweets going through and uh, explaining the proceedings and uh, disregards of Square Enix. And, you know, I already felt sorry for the guy because he was basically like, yeah, if Battle Wonderland doesn't work out, I'm probably just never going to make video games or that's probably my only chance to make a non-RPG. And it didn't work out. So I already felt sorry for him there. But to find out that he has been kind of positioned as the poster boy for this game or the kind of lead creative on it and hasn't actually been involved with it for most of its development or a good chunk of its development is very, very disappointing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's um, It really put it into perspective for me because I always felt it was a good game there. Uh, but just the something had not worked out and that makes a lot of sense what he said it kind of put it into perspective still think it's a game worth checking out but i think that now hearing that i kind of i don't know i feel it's just it's not nice it's not nice and of course there's always two sides to stories but um yeah it's an interesting one certainly it's bold i must admit it's very unlike someone in the japanese culture to come out and say that because it's just not generally done in Japan that way. So it's a surprising bold move, but we will see if that has any repercussions. Um, according to uh, Nik- Nikkei Asia, the share uh, Nintendo shares are expected to sell 10% less consoles due to supply issues. Nikkei Asia shares. I oh, got you. Okay. Um, Nintendo <laughs> are expected to sell 10% less console, consoles due to supply issues, but plan to make this up by selling more software. Um, is this still to do with the kind of silicon shortage issue?
1: Um, Surprisingly so. I I was feeling optimistic there for a wee bit now that we're starting to see, you know, Series X's on the shelves. And if you're up for a little bit of looking around, you can get your hands on a PS5 without losing a kidney. So, you know, I was feeling optimistic that we're getting to the end of it, but it looks like from a hardware manufacturer perspective, it's going to be tough. Amazing for Nintendo that, you know, they're selling more consoles than they can make. Um, However, I'm fully suspecting this time next year there's going to be a little shareholder panic because, one, they'll be selling 10% less consoles. And, you know, although there being titles that I'm very excited for coming out this year, such as Xenoblade Chronicles and especially the new Mario rabbits, I just don't think there's a a big heavy hitter, especially now that Breath of the Wild 2 is looking as a 20... well, as a 2023 title... I'm hoping they show something at this hopefully June direct that can maybe make us a little bit optimistic. But as it stands, I think they'll have a great year regardless, but it won't be the same year as last year in terms of sales.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not a huge surprise that they're still struggling with silicon. The industry is just generally still struggling with silicon, albeit the Switch is using pretty old hardware now. Let's face it, we have moved on, it's not cutting edge and it could technically be manufactured elsewhere, probably, at still relatively cheap prices, if Nintendo felt the need to do that and if they could agree licensing. Um, But I'm not hugely surprised that they're going to be slightly restricted. I do share your slight, I'm going to say pessimism maybe, Anton, about whether they'll manage to make up that shortfall in software, but I guess with a significant number of um, machines out there sold over the last 12-24 months, that is a large base who are all still out there buying games, so they might well make it up, and if they announce Sorry Donkey Kong For example We know there's a A new Donkey Kong game Coming uh, If they do release that Then that could help Bolster numbers It's a very popular franchise And I can see that Having a big impact We'll We'll probably do Another Mario game To be fair And it's one that could Just kind of Pop out of nowhere It's like Hey look We made this game And then it appears Three months later I wouldn't really Put that past them So There's opportunity there I am Maybe not as pessimistic As you Perhaps mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm kind of
0: I'm always optimistic about these things, probably stupidly so, but I'm going to stick with that and, and be be optimistic just to give us the kind of all the all the emotions on the podcast. Uh, it is time for turbo mode. Yoop. So I'm going to fly through some of these, and as we do with Turbo Mode, we'll get your thoughts on the ones you want to talk about. Both Anton and I will give your reactions, and I'll give mine. Uh, so, fans have created an unofficial Flipnote for the Panic Playdate console called Playnote Studio. Digital Foundry Analysis believes that Untitled Breath of the Wild sequel can run on the current Nintendo Switch. Chained Echoes gets a release date of Q4 2022. Bear and Breakfast gets new gameplay. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 makes $300 million at the box office. Next Level Games is hiring for a new uh, game. Uh, Terraria gets Don't Starve crossover update. All the basic weapons from previous games will be returning for Splatoon 3. Twitch streamers, uh, sorry, Twitch streamer 63man smashes TV playing Switch Sports. <laughs> I did see this. And um, Superliminal is getting a physical release for £34.80 from Super Rare Games. I'll come to you first. Which ones do you want to pick up on
2: there? Well, I mean, you know what I'm going to talk about—the streamer smashing his TV, right? Yeah, <laughs> this kind is of basically that. going back to the. This is going back to the Wii all over again. We had people smashing TVs left, right, and center with Wii Sports, and we've got it all over again with Switch ports. and I love it. I have the game.
0: I haven't played it yet, but I got it. It uh, it came the other day, so I'm excited to see how uh, much of a smashing time I have
2: just remember to put the wrist strap on your wrist and you'll be fine <laughs> and don't stand too close to the tv <laughs> i just thought that was wonderful um the other thing actually that i was kind of i'm intrigued by because i hadn't actually heard much about it and it was only when i started watching some um gameplay content of uh, it was bear and breakfast which kind of looks like it may be of interest it's it's nothing it doesn't look particularly groundbreaking kind of it's another management sim so think you know two point hospital type idea but in this one you were a really cute little kind of cartoon bear building out a B and Yeah. Why not? It I, sounds kind of fun and cute. I remember
0: when it was shown at one of the directs, I think you instinctively liked it Al, liked the idea of it. But I I think I think Anton did as well, actually, from memory, but um but yeah, it's uh it, I haven't seen the gameplay, so I'm interested to sort of um check it out because I I'd missed that one. Anything else you want to pick up on?
1: Uh,
2: uh, to be fair, I imagine I'll, I'll let you guys pick on the other stuff because there's
1: there's not actually that much
2: in the list this week, so I don't want to hog the limelight.
1: Very fair. Uh, personally, me, I'm delighted to see that all the weapons and content that they've developed for Splatoon 3, is for, uh, Splatoon 2 is making its way into Splatoon 3. It's again that kind of rough idea of Nintendo just doing unofficial Ultimate editions of their games. Now, Mario Kart is becoming Ultimate with its booster pack course. And this is building on Splatoon Two, which built on Splatoon One, making it a very content-rich experience. And uh, I'm just so excited to get rolled with all the people with their paint rollers for a third time. That will be very fun. And yeah, the Playnote Studio—it looks like it could have been official from the developers. It is such a polished experience for the the play date, and it makes me very jealous of the people that have made it managed to take the plunge on the play date. However, one day I'm really hoping, I feel like this has got the same sort of energy as BoxBoy, as just something Nintendo could just chuck out there as just a little wee filler thing for the Nintendo Switch. And just using the full capabilities, uh, you know, we've had stuff like Colours Live. I would love to see an official flip note for the Nintendo Switch, but I can dream, Mike.
0: Yeah, I mean, the uh, yeah, the play date, the play note, uh, I wish I could... Get in on the action on that one but as you say it's uh maybe not at the moment but uh it's uh, it's very cool i thought this was very cool i also really like the fact that as you said anton about splatoon 2 the weapons coming across and it's not for me because uh i'm not good enough to really care either way but for the people who have honed their skill on splatoon 2 it was a game that was really well supported for a long time i mean they were releasing updates for at least two years and uh it's a game that's very well played i think that makes a lot of sense it keeps the same players with the same opportunities to to use what they've you know already learned and and develop them, so I think that's good, and um, yeah, love the story of the Twitch streamer smashing his TV. Not a huge surprise; he won't be the only one as well. Um, the only other thing I was going to mention was um, yeah, the Breath of the Wild running on the Nintendo Switch. It's an interesting conversation because. There were rumours just a couple of weeks ago that it wouldn't be able to run on the current-gen uh, Nintendo Switch. And it's, again, that doesn't mean there's not one coming because you look at the Last Breath uh, last breath of the Wild game that came out on the Wii U and the Switch, it could well be that we get the same thing, Al. Yeah,
2: I mean, that particular rumour that it wouldn't run the Switch it was just poppycock frankly there's no other word for it i mean it's just madness to think they'd be developing a zelda game that doesn't run the current switch because even if they brought out a switch pro they've said the switch is halfway through its life cycle that means that anything they release now is going to run on the current switch it is just sheer stupidity to say that it wouldn't do i mean you could push the boundary a little bit and say that maybe the version we saw was running on higher end hardware but that's even still pushing it Uh, you've got to remember as developers go through console life cycles they push the boundaries further and further and further so the games at the end of a console's life look nothing like the games at the beginning they are just like a whole generation apart running the same hardware so they clearly just if they have pushed it they managed to refine things and tweak things and make it better and they've just learned to optimize and utilize the switch's hardware to create awe and wonder yeah which is what we what we wanted to do sorry anton
1: uh, yeah, I'm just absolutely agreeing. I'm very excited to see what the the limits of the Switch hardware will be. And I think one of the teams that will be doing that will be next level games. Yeah, I think what they've done with Luigi's Mansion 3 and now Mario Strikers is some of the most graphically impressive Switch games to date. Outside of maybe Kirby's Forgotten, uh, Forgotten Lands. And I'm excited to see what their next title, which they're hiring for, because this will be their first game built from, you know, day one under Nintendo Nintendo's roof. I know a lot of Mario Striker seemingly has been done post acquisition, but this will be built up from the ground up. So I'm excited to see what they can do with Nintendo's budgets and the ability to scale up as they are and whether or not, you know, they'll maybe be let loose with maybe a, an IP closer to Nintendo's heart or maybe even make their own IP. I'm very excited to see what they can do with the console. Yeah,
0: absolutely agree with that. It's time for the rumours. No,
1: I'm not normally one for
0: gossip, but... So Ubisoft is rumoured to be preparing for an acquisition. I mean, I don't know if I can even remember all the acquisitions that have happened over the last couple of years, but there's been a lot of them. Uh, Ubisoft, big company, what's your thoughts on this, Al? Uh,
2: not not hugely surprised. I mean, they have been sort of struggling. They've had a bit of a tumultuous period. So, I guess they're kind of right for being sold, and it makes a lot of sense bringing a whole lot of money. It depends who they sell themselves to. A lot of the big acquisitions in the last couple of years have been game developers and game houses, indeed people like Microsoft, buying up developers. The rumours for this one are slightly different in that they're basically looking to sell themselves off to capitalists, you know, like um, finance firms. So it's more a question of injecting cash, potentially. Rather than selling themselves off and and being at the disappearing into the beast that is some other massive development house, well, let's face it, Ubisoft is huge. It's absolutely huge. So there's not that many potential bidders. I guess plenty, a couple of them are kicking around, but it makes more sense if they're out there looking for investment and they're just trying to grow themselves and can maybe get back on a the footing. They they are in. A good position and as much as they've got great IPS they've got lots of development companies around the world they've bought up lots of small companies themselves they play around in movies they play around in games they have their mobile division that we talked about earlier on and um, gameloft they're a pretty good all-rounded company so I can see that they might well get investment coming in particularly after okay well unsuccessfully but playing around with nfts last year they've basically shown that they were willing and able and may have some expertise which again for venture capitalists probably makes them quite attractive so an interesting story the rumor mill is definitely kind of churning the jungle drums are beating on this one but uh, i don't think it's one that we're probably going to get too excited about but anton tell me if you have a different opinion
1: um yeah i'm I'm kind of with you it's with the potential bidders being uh kind of a venture capital fund you know it's not the most glamorous of acquisitions out there it doesn't have the won't have the same ripples as let's say blizzard activision and it's just amazing that we're having these conversations now going back five years we w- wouldn't even ever consider a deal like this it's also a potential move because i know that ubisoft has had a couple hostile takeover attempts so they might want be wanting to kind of save themselves in that regard by getting to choose who has them under their belt but I'm on the fence whether or not, you know, getting bought up by a big capitalist firm would be good or bad. Ubisoft is an incredibly profitable company. You know, they I believe saw some numbers where the, like about 2015 they're making like a billion a year. And then at the current point they're like 2.2 billion a year. And they've been making less games per year but making more games as a service. Rainbow Six Siege is like a six-year-old game that is just getting more and more content and still just making profit via its microtransactions. and that's not even a mobile game and it's managing to survive for honor another title so i'm hoping that a kind of new investment would see us get stuff like splinter cell and not Ubisoft Quartz and Ubisoft Connect because there are some moves that Ubisoft does that isn't the most pro consumer. So I'm hoping that this is able to give them the creative freedom to not do NFTs um rather than capital to do more NFTs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it's as you said it'll be interesting to see what does happen and maybe not the maybe not the the most fun one that we'll talk about, but
2: yeah. We want more mythic quests, less NFT. Love it.
0: I like that. I agree with that. Uh, German retailer uh, Wagner's have leaked uh, an 18-plus rated 2,800-piece Lego Super Mario set coming out October the 1st, 2022, for Uh, $229.99. 18-plus rated Lego. I mean...
2: (laughs) To be fair, all kind of the, the big sets are eighteen plus. Is Most that, of the sets that we've got downstairs, is, yeah, is it's
0: just because of the size of them and the and the kind
2: of yeah, yeah size complexity and basically they're saying hey this is an expensive Lego set this isn't for you kids so they right. slap an eighteen plus over it. I mean so uh, it's it's not that it's you know X rated Lego because that would be. <laughs> slightly oh, interesting let's put it that way
0: yeah i'm not even sure of the mechanics of how that would work but anyway um yeah that's interesting to see what it might be um obviously lego super mario um i wonder if it's going to be a tie-in with the film that's what i'm thinking um but i don't know anton what's your thoughts
1: uh, similarly i i had uh because i believe this rumor came out before the, uh, delay of the film so I was wondering similarly if it could be a tie-in to the movie um, but with looking back at the previous sets we've had the Super Mario 64 set and then we had the Mario on a t- NES TV so that suggests to me it'll be something the soldier fueled um, I'm presuming maybe something from the 16 bit era. era is some untapped potential for them maybe a Super Mario World set or even just a Super Nintendo or a Game Boy running. Admittedly, a Game Boy is a bit small. Nevertheless, I'm glad that it's just a really cool, complicated set, and not Mario out there with his warp pipe. Hear me out. How about yourself, Al?
0: I was going to say, hear me out. Virtual boy, but with a projected image in 3D of the Mario on the one on the one Wonder Boy.
2: Wonder Boy. That would certainly Virtual be boy. an interesting one and a cool one. Um. Personally, I think it's going to go one of two ways. We're either going to get something like Zelda's Castle, which has been pitched many times by uh, sort of the, the community because Lego do that, uh, I forgot what they call it, but Lego Ideas, I think it is, where they ask people to submit ideas. There have been several versions of Zelda's Castle and I think one got may have got through recently, so it could well be the Zelda's Castle, um, which would be awesome. Or they could do a big sort of Princess Peach's castle type thing, but that was already in the question block. More than likely it's probably something like a SNES, I suspect, because they did the NES with a kind of hand crank little TV. You could do the SNES, because they went from 14 inch TVs to twenty-one inch TVs. Therefore bigger TV, more bricks done. Ha! Solved it.
0: Yeah, yeah, you might be right. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. But we'll find out. It's coming October 1st, just in time for my birthday. Hint, hint. Next up, according to leaker Oli-san, Mario and Luigi will be redesigned for the Super Mario Bros. movie, featuring an art style closer to the visual design of Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, interesting. Don't say yeah. No, the correct response is no. No, 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 no. When I said yes, I meant... What I was going to say was interesting take. I wasn't saying, yeah, I agree, this
2: is a great idea. <laughs> you should
0: just don't put um, the word yeah anywhere near that sentence. Ah, uh, You see, I like Hotel Transylvania, but...
2: I, I love Hotel Transylvania. But, it's an amazing mo- series of movies. They're yeah, great.
0: But no, I just don't... I'm hoping this is not... See,
2: I, I can't see them doing this. We have now got a very well-established Mario and Luigi look. Nintendo, we're not going to want to deviate from that. It's it's in all the games. It's in Mario World. It's in literally everything. Everywhere you go, everyone knows what Mario looks like. There is no reason why they would even contemplate changing it for the movie. I, I'm i pretty sure this is absolute bumpkin.
0: I, you see, I'm not sure it is, though, because the reason I'm thinking this is that you see with some movie series where they take a character and change it. For the movie, whether that's maybe um,
2: this is why they've had to delay it because they said that to someone and everyone went, no, and yeah. they had to go back and redesign all the models.
0: <laughs> maybe, but I, I can see them trying to set up a separate franchise that maybe has more of a wide scale appeal than maybe the the current animated Mario. And I don't know how because obviously the current one is fantastic, but it might be that they're trying for a slightly different audience. I don't know. What's your take, Anton? Uh,
1: yeah. So no, I no, um, stop saying yes. I'm, Just I'm team no. Uh, I hate <laughs> this idea. I hate the idea of it looking like this. However, I could see it happening. I think what the the Sonic movie two has shown is you can do these massive kind of redesigns of these characters and the idea and recontextualize it, and then tweak it into. Something more established, so I could see it being a little bit more grounded and realistic, and then maybe as the movie moves on, it becoming a little bit more wacky and super Mario I just want it to look like Mario and Rabbits because I feel like that's knocked out of the park. It's gorgeous and animated and 3D, and that's what I want this movie to look like. But clearly, by not having Chris Pratt do an Italian accent they are up for a little bit of creative deviation from the source material and that scares me because i love mario
2: yeah oh, that's okay miyamoto's in charge he, he he won't let them destroy mario mario at the end of the day mario is too important of an ip to nintendo he is he is the embodiment of nintendo and they protect him fiercely yeah i just can't see them screwing that up in all honesty well, i don't we think don't worry actually because we haven't seen anything the The wrong part might be the comparison more
0: than anything. It might be that they are going down a different route, but it's not quite what they've said is not quite an accurate representation of what it actually is going to look like. And I still could see them going for a different art style. I've got to be honest. And the reason, as I said, like Anton was kind of talking about there, I, I I've seen you know with the likes of Sonic and Pokemon and all. I mean, Pokemon still had the same, but it was it was different in the fa- in the kind of you know the way they did it. But yeah, I can see it happening. I could just see it being different and i will probably be really successful. I still have a feeling it will be, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's hope it's not exactly as they just said in the the uh, the leak in the, the rumour. Uh, right, that is it for rumours. It's time now for uh, the moment of the week where I get beaten by Anton usually. However, it's been slightly better this year, but I've got to really win this one because otherwise he's running away with it again. So it's time for the quiz. I
1: have so many questions.
2: Izzy-wizzy, let's get quizzy It's that time oh, again dear. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Mike, you're you're trailing But not too badly, it's 5-3 in Anton's favour So, you know, you're not you're doing a respectable uh, Fight Job here, yeah, yes. yeah, you're getting there um, I'm not holding my breath on this one, though oh, Okay, all good, all good I mean, I've tried tailoring them to your strengths In the past, and it always backfires So this time I've just gone, I'm going to pick two random games And cool. see what happens Perfect, So I'm in all right. I the first it. one is a 2002 driving game. Bless you. Fire away. Yeah, that didn't <laughs> that pick up on the thi- mic,
0: but you've now <laughs> because I turned the <laughs> mic off. But now you've told people that is neat. Uh, did you say 2002 driving game? <laughs> 2002 driving game. Um,
2: is it the getaway? No.
1: Is it Smuggler's Run?
2: No. Uh, it was on the GameCube, the PS2, Xbox, and PC.
0: keep um, is it, uh, driver? Nope.
1: Is it Need for Speed Underground?
2: It is not, Nope. Uh, it was developed by, I'm going to try and pronounce this, Utechnics, I think is how it's pronounced. Okay. Um... Because that clearly helps you both massively. Not, not, <laughs> not
0: massively. Um, I'll go for 2002... Uh, it's a racer, did you say? Driving game. You Driving said. game, Driving, yeah. game.
2: Um, Driving game. I don't know. Crazy Taxi. No. Uh, Juiced? No. Oh, it was also released on the Game Boy Advance and the DS, but oh. that was a totally different game from a completely different developer, but had exactly the same name. Go figure. Um, Is it... Uh.
0: The Simpsons game. Um, no. Um, no, okay. <laughs> not in any way, shape or form. Cool. No. There was a, the other one that they
2: did, but not yeah, It's not that.
1: Okay. Uh, Lou, to doing. Could you list off the consoles again, please?
2: Uh, yep. Yeah. G- GameCube, G- PS2, Xbox and PC. And then also randomly on the GBA and the DS, but a different game with the same name.
1: Is it um, Hot Wheels World Race? <gasps>
2: no. No it's not No, uh, It was however b- Pretty much It was not a good game It was blasted by critics For being dull uh, Repetitive gameplay It had terrible graphics And frankly crap sound Right So you know Quality game This is the original one Not the Game Boy Advance Or DS Which got slightly better But I'll come on to that Okay um, Is it Nicktoon Racing?
1: No <laughs> Is it Crash Nitro Kart? No uh,
2: It used Steppenwolf's Born to be Wild As its theme song June, okay. Born to be uh, yes, that singing was necessary. Thank you. Um. Oh, that's
0: tough. Um. Drive. Nope.
2: I have a funny feeling Anton may have this game. Hmm. Uh a few years have heard you referred to in the past? No. I'm going to give you one last clue uh, it is a long one actually though it's set in the fictional hick country the game revolves around completing trips between cities delivering goods and completing and competing in races while at the helm of a semi-truck
1: oh um is it um 18 uh, wheelers uh big mother truck 18 wheelers <laughs> big mother trucker
2: I'm going to give you a both half a point for that <laughs> the game is just Big Mother Truckers
0: I remember That's the but, name of the game oh I wish so I hadn't you know said 18 wheelers, 18 wheelers
2: and it wasn't yeah it wasn't yeah so yeah Big Mother Big Mother Truckers I remember the Big, you big
0: Mother Truckers I remember that title of a game but yeah. I was thrown by the 18 wheelers that Anton said and I, but I wouldn't have got it if he hadn't said that so
1: I know <laughs> I remember I think there was an, uh, an arcade machine of it yeah there um, was I remember that it was just this big gigantic wheel which especially for kids was just like spinning it <laughs>
0: yeah it's uh yeah i remember that
2: but uh, yeah didn't pl- didn't play the game uh on a console going by what i've read about it you didn't miss much no doesn't seem not so. a good game but i mean they yeah. made a sequel which again was sort of entirely different yet again i think you that's probably the one you think of have on the arcade was big mother truckers 2 yeah which was a, a much better game um, by an entirely different developer again. Wow because that's the way that this game seems to have gone. Alright, okay, so all, all tied, let's jump onto our second game, which is ANOTHER racing game! This time developed by Vicarious Visions. Um, I'm waiting for Anton to get this out of the gate because he has a bad habit of doing things like this.
0: Wipeout 2048.
2: No. <laughs> Need for Speed Underground? Ah, phew, you've not got out of the gate. Okay, it was published in 2003 to 2004 depending on the region that you're in and the platform you're talking about.
0: Um, juiced.
1: No, curious visions. Is it? Oh, uh, Simpsons Road Rage. Is it? It's not. That's no, the one I was one thinking was... of earlier.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, not that one. Published by Universal Interactive. I don't imagine that'll help you, but I'll give it to you anyway. Oh. I'll tell you it, it was a fairly popular game It was out on a lot of platforms It was on the PS2 The Xbox The Gamecube The GBA The N-Gage And on mobile The N-Gage Oh
0: you'll just have helped Anton no end Because he knows The N-Gage back catalogue So thanks for that um, Need for speed Need for speed Hot Pursuit No I don't know which one Was out at that time I'm
1: trying
2: to I mean to be fair I pulled the box. face deliberately To taunt you Into giving me a name It's not a need for speed Full stop Yeah but Yeah, help, yeah.
1: I think. Did I guess this round?
0: No,
2: yeah. give me a guess. Yeah, you did. No,
1: you uh, <laughs> crash Nitro Cart.
2: Ding, 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 ding. It is indeed Crash Nitro Cart.
1: <gasps> and uh, Mike was right. The engage Gauge gave it away. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. I was trying to think,
0: I was trying to rack my brain for the N Gauge because I, I don't know the catalogue of the N Gauge, but we have talked about it. So I thought that Anton would get it off of that. So yeah, well done.
2: There you go. So that puts Anton technically in the lead, but you've not won yet. Nope. Because if Mike gets the closest to the pin, then Eye it's break. a tie and I need to go and find another game. So <sighs> uh, I normally might go first. So Anton, you're going first this week. What year did LEGO Racers get released?
1: Um, let's go for 2003.
2: 2003. Mike? Uh, 2004. Phew. I don't need to do a tiebreaker. It was 1999, which means Anton wins. Sorry, okay. well Mike. Well done, Anton. That means we're at 6-3. That's all right. I'm okay with that. I've got plenty of time. Uh, well done, Anton. That was
0: a a weird one this week because I mm. knew all the games but none of the details. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's um, especially that era is probably when i played the most racing games um so even the stuff if i hadn't played it it was on my you know radar so the fact it took me a while for both of them was like oh
0: well nitro car um, i played lots of but i i don't remember it i don't remember the um the sort of developers the details it. of who developed it and yeah. who published it. I yeah didn't,
2: i didn't get into any of the actual games or the history or the reviews or any of that good stuff i just think of activision whenever i think of any crash game so it's it, i think that's what throws that's why i put it in there i thought me, it was yeah. a bit deceptive
0: yeah yeah clever clever but cruel but uh well done anton 6-3 uh, we'll try and come back next week with uh, uh, some sort of win uh, somehow maybe bribe all uh, <laughs> Sorry,
2: we'll, we'll collaborate in event. yeah thank you appreciate that uh <laughs> sure
0: that is about it uh for this week's episode Just a reminder, huge thank you to everybody for downloading and supporting us. Uh, More details at nsukp.co.uk. Al, what else?
2: Oh, gosh, we are on Twitters at NSUK Podcast. You can email podcast at nsukp.co.uk. We've already asked you to go and check out our YouTube channel. If you haven't done it, go and do it. If you have done it, go and check out again, because there's always new content getting dropped on there. Anton, what have I missed?
1: Uh, yeah, I guess uh, the big one is, if we have missed anything, it will be on nsukp.co.uk, everything on there, including the Patreon slash support dash us, and all the bonus content that we do, keeping keeping very, very busy. Got a great episode of the prequel due, which will be covering and tying together a whole bunch of stuff that we've done in the past. It's like a mini Avengers, but with failed consoles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I like that description. Uh, We'll be back next week and we'll have some extra content for our Patreons as well. In the meantime, we'll see you soon. Goodbye. Cheerio. Arfa.